this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Well, here we are, the very first Sunday of the new year, 2022. I know in the year 2020, people were saying, oh, we're so glad that year's over. Then we stepped into 21, and people are thinking, Oh, I'm so glad this year is over. Hopefully, as we begin this year, things will be much more positive for everyone. Because I know it's been a challenging year, and sometimes we just have to hang tough. And it takes a lot of determination uh, to be able to keep moving forward. I was recently reading a story of a man who bought uh, two dogs. They were young pups. And he was training them to be bird dogs. He had a large property that was fenced in. And in the backyard, he did all the training of these dogs. But one day, there was a rather ornery little bulldog who started to shuffle and snuffle his way down an alleyway. And he made it to the backyard of this man's property. Somehow, this little dog was able to dig a hole under the fence and he got into the property. Well, the owner thought, I'm going to teach this little dog a lesson that he shouldn't stray and try to take over other people's land. So he let loose his two dogs. Well, as you can imagine, in the next couple of minutes, there was barking and yelping and fur was flying and the little dog got the stuffing beat out of him and he retreated under the fence and went back home. The next day, the little dog returned again. The same thing. He got the stuffing beat out of him for a second time, and he retreated and went home. A few days later, this kept continuing, and the same scenario was happening over and over again. Uh, The owner of the dogs had to go away on a business trip, and he came back a couple of weeks later, And he was talking to his wife and he said, so how are things going? And she said, you know that little ornery bulldog that kept coming down the alleyway and getting into the fence? Well, he kept coming back every single day. And now when our dogs hear him coming, they start to whine and cry and they want to run away because that little dog has taken over the ownership of their backyard. Now that's what I call determination. Many people, as they step onto the threshold of a new year, have dreams and visions about what might be. But we also know that many people with dreams and vision have never realized their full potential. And I think part of the reason is that many people lack the determination to follow through with what they hope and dream will be a reality. And so as we are at the beginning of a new year, I have a question and two statements that I would like you to think about and ask, what is your response? So the first question is, what are your dreams for this new year? Do you have any plans or dreams or hopes as you think about the year that is ahead? The second one is a statement. In this present moment, as you think of your own dreams and hopes, what are you trusting God for? 
And you could fill in the blank whichever way you would like. And the third statement is this. If I had the opportunity, I would. If you could just let your dreams run wild and you had the opportunity, what would you love to do or to accomplish? As we look at scripture, the Lord gave to Israel a dream. And the dream was that one day they would inhabit what was called the promised land. For 400 years, they had been slaves in the land of Egypt. And God raised up Moses, who would be their liberator. And Moses led the people out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, and they started their journey towards the promised land. As they were making their way, they had to look at different territories. And one of the areas that they were going to move into, Moses said, I want to send out 12 men to check out the land. And we read in Numbers chapter 13 a bit about that story. This is the background. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran, and all of them were leaders of the Israelites. I'm now going to jump to verse 26. And this is the report that they come back with. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. In other words, it is a rich territory. Here is its fruit. But, there's often a but, isn't there? The people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. And we even saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim. The descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Well, God had given the nation of Israel this dream that they would take the promised land known as Canaan. They're now exploring the land, and what we find is that the 12 spies who went out came back 
with a divided report. There were 10 of these spies who said, this task is impossible. Yes, the land is rich and fertile, but the cities are fortified. The number of people is way greater than we are, and they are so strong, and they are so big that we look like grasshoppers in their eyes, and they appeared like giants to us. But there were two men of the twelve who said, Yes, the land is fertile, the cities are fortified, the people are numerous, but we are able to take the land. Our dream can be fulfilled. Well, the ten who had the negative report began to spread this information towards the rest of the nation. And the people became up in arms. And they said to Moses, Why have you brought us out here to die? It would be far better for us to go back to the land of Egypt. They would rather be slaves, they said, than to face this opposition. And then they became so angry that they wanted to stone to death the two men who brought the positive report. And these were Joshua and Caleb. How is it possible for two groups of people to look at the same situation and come to such radically different conclusions? I think the answer is this. Two of them had a dream and a vision, and the other ten simply did not. Ten of them saw problems, and two of them saw solutions. Ten of them saw challenges, and two of them saw opportunities. And ten of them looked at the enemy and the size of the enemy that they would face and became defeated. And the other two looked at the God who had called them and the resources that he would give to them And they said, let's go for it. And so one of the spokespersons of the two said these words. And we read it in Numbers 14. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land. There were only two men. Their names were Joshua and Caleb. And they had the courage to stand alone against all of this opposition and to challenge the entire nation of Israel to trust in God. And God honored their courage and their trust. But at the same time, God was terribly upset and he was angry that the nation would not trust him. And he asked this question. He asked, how long will these people refuse to believe in me? How long will these people refuse to believe in me? In fact, we are told as we look further along that God wanted to get rid of the entire nation. And yet Moses, the leader, pleaded with God over and over again that God would show mercy towards them. And he said to the Lord, 
What will we say to the Egyptians when they hear this story that you have wiped out your own nation? We will be faced with mockery. And then he said this to the Lord, God, I know that you are slow to become angry. I know that you are abounding in love. And I know that you will forgive our sins. And God, hearing the plea of Moses, pardoned the people and said, I do forgive them and I will do exactly as you have asked. However, only two men who are 20 years of age and up will enter the promised land because everyone else has believed the negative report of the other 10. And only Joshua and Caleb, my servants, will enter the promised land. And so the promise was given to Caleb. And it says this, My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, and notice this, and has followed me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Why this man, Caleb? Why is he being centered out? Caleb was a man who had a dream and he had a determination and he trusted what God said to him completely. And so Joshua and Caleb, these two individuals, their trust in God was not a one-off experience. Their trust in what God said was a way of life. The generation died off. And Caleb, 40 years would pass. And he is an older man. And God now gives the land back to Israel. In fact, the reason why it took 40 years to get the land was this. The spies went in to spy out the land for 40 days. And for every year of doubt, so rather for every day of doubt, there would be a year where they would be prohibited from entering into the promised land. And so it took 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness before they ever entered into that promised land. And now at 85 years of age, Caleb gives this amazing speech and he says these words, I am still strong, so give me the hill country that I deserve. This is not a man who says at the end of his life, give me a rocking chair that I can sit on the front porch and watch the world go by. But he says, give me the land that was promised to me. So how was he able to do this? In his own words, Caleb says this, I have followed wholeheartedly the Lord my God. He didn't follow God half-heartedly. He followed God wholeheartedly. And that is absolutely critical and essential. But you see, this was his everyday pattern of life. This was his everyday walk of faith. 
And I believe that's the kind of commitment that we all need if we're going to live out our days and dream the dreams that God gives to us so that they can actually come to fulfillment. There is a wonderful prayer that is found in Psalm 90. And I believe that this prayer is a prayer that all of us could learn to embrace as we face every day. And the psalmist says this, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us and prosper the work of our hands. The other person who entered the promised land was Joshua. He took over the leadership from Moses, and only he and Caleb of his generation entered into the promise that God had promised to them. And at the end of his life, he has a word for a younger generation. For those of us who are older, what word would we give to a younger generation as they live with their dreams and their hopes? And this is what Joshua said to the people. Be very steadfast to observe all that is written in the book of Moses or the scriptures. Hold fast to the Lord. Stay close to God. And be very careful to love the Lord your God. Joshua was saying to these younger generation, maintain a course of faithfulness to God. And to maintain that course of faithfulness, it requires a choice. So he says this to them, Revere and serve the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. At the end of his days, the convictions that Joshua held were as strong at the end as they were at the beginning. You see, Joshua lived out his commitment and his faith. It was not just words that he would articulate, but words that had a profound impact for the living of his days. And he said to these people, you need to make a choice. Choose this day whom you will serve. And it's interesting, as he spoke to the entire nation, the nation said with one voice, we will serve the Lord. Now, you can't force that kind of a decision, but you can certainly model it. Each person must make their own decision how they're going to live their life. You must make that decision, and I must make that decision. And so as you are at the beginning of this new year, and as I am at the beginning of this new year, and I think ahead to the hopes and dreams that I might have or you might have, my prayer is that together we will make this choice that above all other things, we will choose to serve the Lord. 
And so there are three reflections that I would invite you to think about. The first one is this. Age really has very little to do with commitment. As the young men, Joshua and Caleb, stood alone against their peers and against the majority voice, they listened to what God was saying and they trusted God. As they got older, they still stood strong. As Caleb said, I have followed the Lord my God with my whole heart. And that's reflecting on 85 years of his life. I think it's really wonderful to be around older people who are still visionaries. And in their sphere of influence, they are teaching people how to trust God because they have seen God to be faithful day after day after day. The second reflection is this. A godly life is really essential to commitment. These two men, Joshua and Caleb, remained close to the Lord, and they were committed to him day after day. You know, it was Jesus who said, there are many things that you can look for in life, many things that you might desire. But he said this in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, make Jesus the center of your life. Make him the priority choice. Then everything else falls into perspective. The Apostle Paul put it in these words when he wrote to the Christians in the city of Philippi. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the same as what Joshua and Caleb experienced. They knew that God would strengthen them for the challenges that they would face. You see, without that kind of certainty, negativism and cynicism can easily creep into our life. And that's why we need to keep God at the center of everything. And the final reflection is this, that your convictions are a matter of choice. The, moral, the majority, rather, the ten spies made a choice. And it seems like the rest of the nation just went along with the decision that they had made. But there were the two men who made a choice and stood against the culture. And the two men said this, our choice is, we will serve the Lord and we will do it with our whole heart. So as we enter this year, what are your hopes and dreams? Do you have that determination to follow God regardless? In the words that are much more vernacular, are you prepared to hang tough. Will you follow God with your whole heart and seek to serve him day after day? That is my prayer for you. And that is my prayer for myself as I enter into this new year. And may God give to all of us his grace to live it out day after day 
in this coming year. Let's pray together. Lord, there are many decisions that we will face in this coming year. Some of them we might have an inkling about, even in this present moment of time. And others will catch us completely off guard. But thank you that you are the one who knows what tomorrow holds. But we are even great, more grateful to know that you hold us in the hollow of your hand as we face our tomorrows. Enable us to say each day, Lord God, I choose this day to follow you and to serve you with my whole heart. And our prayer is that, Spirit of God, you will empower us for the living of every day. And now as you enter into this new year, may you know the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one who will keep you in his embrace. And may you realize that as he has begun that good work in your life, he will continue it until the day of Christ. This we pray in the strong name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Hi again, this is Leah. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.